0: Welcome to the Colonial Hills Podcast, a ministry of Colonial Hills Baptist Church. Tonight, begin with asking you to turn in your Bibles to, uh, or or, or your copy of scriptures, if that's uh, with a a device of some sort. Um, But it it will have to be your written scriptures, uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Paul says, through the inspiration, through the Spirit of God being the author Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We see that this is Paul's letter to. The believers at Rome. And he, in this wonderful letter, extended letter, he is explaining and unfolding salvation. And we come now to this fourth section, and he is beginning to turn to that practical section, as he often does in his letters of the beginning with doctrine and then moving on to, to the practice. And Wiersbe says, In the Christian life, doctrine and duty always go together. What we believe helps to determine how we behave. It is not enough for us to understand Paul's doctrinal explanations. We must translate our learning into living and show by our daily lives that we trust God's word. And so, just as Paul does in other letters as well, like particularly Ephesians, you have this Ephesians 1 to 3 the doctrinal section in Ephesians 4 to 6, the practical section based upon that doctrine. We also have here in Romans 12, begins this practical section of how to turn that learning into living. And, And Paul says, I beseech you. And really, I just want to kind of go through the words, just in a progression, nothing very complicated, really. I beseech you, he says, this is a personal exhortation now, by the Apostle Paul to beseech and to exhort and to beg that God's people would do a certain thing and to make this application. And he says, therefore, I beseech you, therefore. So he's, what he's about to say is based upon what has been revealed in these first 11 chapters. And we're now coming to the fourth major section of the book or of the, of the letter when we come to Romans 12, and so that, therefore, is resting upon all that had been revealed there in those first three sections of Romans 1 to 11. And he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, brethren. Well, this is, this is the Christian family. This is siblings, same level, one father. And he says, I, I'm, I'm going to beseech you to do a certain thing based on the mercies of God on account of the mercies of God, on the basis of the mercies of God. What are the mercies of God? It is his great goodness toward us, us who are guilty or pitiful people. On his mercies toward us, undeserving, he is going to admonish us to do a certain thing. He's going to encourage us to do a certain thing. What is it that we would present? That we would present Well, that we would voluntarily show up and give. We would present ourselves, even our bodies. See, our spirits live in a body. A body God that has made for us. Our specific, individual, unique body that God has given to each of us. With its many members, its eyes and ears and hands and feet. We are to present our bodies. A living sacrifice. A sacrifice, a living sacrifice, not like the Old Testament animal sacrifices, but that were slain and their life was over, but a living sacrifice, even as Christ himself was that living sacrifice, even as the Apostle Paul showed himself to be that living sacrifice. In the word sacrifice, we have really remembrance of of loss, do we not? And yet, there is another aspect to that, and if we turn, if you turn or, or you could just listen to Ephesians chapter 5, verse two, verses 1 and 2, we see that this word sacrifice occurs here, but in, in in combination with another word that's similar. Verse 5, 1 says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma you see there is this sacrifice part of it there is the giving up of himself as that christ did for us but it is also an offering an offering as a sweet smelling savor to god and you think about it, maybe you've had some uh, special offering that you've taken up for, for something in the church, something that you're uh, seeking to accomplish or, or something, to, some remodeling to do or something, and you have been called upon to bring an offering, and, and you saved and you sacrificed, but then when you came and you presented that offering, what a great blessing it was. So yes, there is a loss in a sense, but there is this gain of what is a sweet smelling savor to God and to you as well. You see, we're called on to be a sacrifice, not as the world would call us to, to be American idols. No, we are to be the sacrifice to the one true God, not to become worshipped ourselves. And this sacrifice that we're to be and to present ourselves to be is that. One that is holy, set apart, not just for common use. Acceptable. That is a sacrifice that's able to be accepted by God. Imagine these Old Testament sacrifices in the Old Testament. There were certain regulations and they had to be without spot and blemish. And, 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 and there was a certain acceptability that had to be met. And, and God gives us these terms in the Scripture as believers, what we're to be. That we might be acceptable according to his terms, and unto God, not men, but God, and in so doing, we find that we often are acceptable to people. And this is our reasonable service. It is our priestly work. It is, even as Christ himself was that high priest who offered himself as a sacrifice, we also have a priestly work, and we offer ourselves to as a living sacrifice. In verse two, and be not conformed, and and how will we assure that we will be this living, good, acceptable, holy sacrifice to God? Well, we must not be conformed to this world. Verse two, be not conformed to this world. Do not be molded and shaped and influenced by the world in who you are and how you think. Rather, be transformed changed internally, permanently into the image of Christ. And how was this to happen? By the renewing of our mind. Made new again, like rebooting a computer, realigning, restoring, and gaining new addition to our minds. Think of Nehemiah. He was called to a certain task. And he was facing a number of oppositions, one right after another, in different ways. And constantly he had to do what? He had to renew his mind. He had to think about who God was, pray to God. And we, we read in his journal in Nehemiah how he constantly was saying, going to the Lord, and he was thinking of who God was, calling upon him. And he was writing in his journal, O oh Lord, remember me for my good. Nehemiah was constantly needing to renew his mind in the midst of those oppositions that he was facing in that calling. And, in so do, and, so, and this is also part of how we can know that this presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice is something that we continually do over and over because this is a process that, of transformation and renewing that is also cannot happen in one moment. And, and for what purpose? That ye may prove What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God that we would be able to discern, to put to the test and come up with the right conclusion? What is good, not bad, not evil, not anti-God, good thoughts, good plans, good intentions, good motivations, actions, responses, results, that we would be able to discern what is acceptable, that is a pleasing and meets the standards and qualifies for the work, For the will of God, and what is perfect, that is complete, nothing missing, and many times we will often complete attempt to do something and, and we find, oh wow, I, I did it only so far, but but then that there was something missing, and, and there was a problem in the plan and but with god 's will, there's never anything missing it's always complete, it's always perfect, and it's that we might attain to this perfect will of god that we have mind we have a mind we have emotions we have a will well god has a will god has a desire it is his desire it is his plan and we sometimes think that we've maybe missed god's will and there's no chance to ever recover it again but don't you think that peter thought that after publicly denying the lord 3 times but did the lord think about that about him did the lord think that about him God's will for Peter included some deep lessons of humility and dependence on the Lord, daily dependence, hourly dependence, and God's will included the restoration and usefulness of Peter. Surely God has every desire and plan and in his complete perfect will he knows how to bring us to usefulness and to this transformation, to knowing his will and doing it, to being successfully a living sacrifice. This podcast has been a ministry of Colonial Hills Baptist Church, a church home for all people. If what you've heard has been an encouragement to you, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you'd like to connect with Colonial or find more resources, you can find us online at colonialindy.org. You can also check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for joining us today, and we hope to see you next time on the Colonial Hills Podcast.